Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. How you doing today? Kind of sleepy. You know, the usual. Um, so tell me a little bit about your tax experience this year. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was quite as bad as last year where I had to amend my return. But I guess I don't know yet. But I did just do them. And uh, this year, the, the, the quirk to my taxes was that we moved states. So I had to file as a partial resident in, in two states. Um, I don't know. Every, I mean, like we ended up owing like a bunch of money to Connecticut. And then we got some money back from federal. I guess the problem is, is that every time I do them, it's just, you know, the once a year. And I feel like I do them wrong every time. It also doesn't help that when I like did them the first time this year, like I ended up owing a bunch of money and then I was like, you know what, let me just try to do it again. So I deleted the state return and I redid it and then I owed less money. And I was like, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to do this a third time. (laughs) Somewhere in between. (laughs) Right. So I decided that like, I'll take this hit because I don't feel like doing it again but it was very like uncertain whether or not i did them right i don't really understand taxes but yeah i don't know and this might be my last year where i get to do the standard deduction which well, you know, would be unfortunate <laughs> well um actually standard deduction is easy um but at the same time you have to, your mortgage has to be super high, like not super high, but higher than like, um, let's see, going, given like to like today's rates, um, mortgage rates, you probably need a mortgage of at least, um, I think four to 500 to, to really give you a huge deduction because the problem is with, you know, there is a limitation on tax deduction like typically you would get a deduction for state taxes paid um and or property taxes and now it's limited to ten thousand so um it's basically you get ten thousand max uh, but with the mortgage you have to have at least fourteen thousand in the mortgage interest for the year so that you can get to this the edge of the standard deduction so to speak And then also I had just like a couple crypto trades and uh, I actually figured out that if you're like a quote unquote active trader, it's not bad. So like I used Coinbase and then uh, TurboTax had some sort of messaging where it was like, hey, TurboTax will just export your transactions and sort of figure it out for nothing, which, you know, didn't work. Uh. <laughs> you know, Coinbase actually has um, now has a connection to something called Coin Tracker. Right. So that's what I ended up doing, and I had to pay like sixty dollars because I was at like just a little bit above their free tier. I think they can export for free up to some transaction number, and then I was I think. yeah, and I and I had like like thirty or something, which was dumb. So I had to pay like I think it was sixty dollars for Coinbase, uh, sorry, Coin Tracker, one of those, and that exported the CSV in like the correct format. Yeah, to TurboTax. Yep. Which was frustrating because I could have written that program myself, 
Like once you download your transactions from Coinbase, it's sort of what I do at work where we like take data and we put it in a different form. So like, (laughs) I don't know. It was really frustrating, but I just paid the whatever dollars and it ended up being nothing because I didn't make any money because I only had a couple transactions. So that was cool. Um. (laughs) Here's the thing. So you could potentially write the uh, program, but the problem is um, transactions in general and, you know, in crypto are really hard to decipher. Like they're like my husband, like I think I mentioned this, my husband had three transactions a couple of years ago and, and I was like, how do I like, okay, I need like four pieces of information and I couldn't derive those, those pieces of information from the export that Coinbase did, did for him. It was super painful. But like the fact that you connect Coinbase to Coin Tracker and Coin Tracker gives you a CSV of like what TurboTax wants tells me that like this information is knowable. And maybe knowable? what right, like you can do it. Someone some like literal person did it. And I don't think it's a huge effort to like make these files. It's it's just that I didn't want to like put in the time to guess what TurboTax wanted. I'm sure they have some sort of like documentation of what format they're expecting. Well, that's very simple. It's Schedule D. So just look for the four pieces of information, date of acquisition, date of sale, proceeds, and cost acquired um, in dollars. So it's very simple, but at the same time, um, you know, with with um, crypto transactions, especially if you move money from a wallet to another wallet, it's just, that's really painful. So I am trying not to do that. Like I'm sort of with my adventures, I'm keeping the amounts pretty low, so I don't have to like worry about it too much. But also, I'm doing everything in Coinbase. So I don't know how good or bad this is. Like, I I read half an article where where it said that you need one of these like wallets that look like like flash drives, and then you move it out to there because if Coinbase gets hacked, you can lose money. But if you have this thumb drive, you won't. Which was all cool, but then I was like, I don't know. I feel like the chance of Coinbase messing up my data is less likely than me like losing this flash drive. Yeah. Or like sure. my cat deciding that it's a toy. So, uh, I don't know. But I, I am pretty frustrated with the taxes, but I think because it happened for a second time in a row, I was sort of ready to have a bad time. And the whole thing took like, I don't know, 40 minutes, even with me redoing my state section a second time. So I did lose a lot of money in the one hour that I spent, but it, it all seems so sketchy. <laughs> You're funny. Um, it's not sketchy. It's, you know, like I actually was telling someone yesterday that um, you, uh, you know, with, with the United States taxation is like layered because every administration kind of adds, you know, a change to this, but not a change to that, then it's just like, it's, it, you know, it's, it is kind of, um, complex and that's why we have, I have a job and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, it's important to understand that United States taxation is geared towards small businesses that, and small businesses is the, um, 
what's the word, uh, like uh, biggest employer in the United States. So, you know, mom and pop shops employ most of the people in the U.S., which is pretty impressive, I say. Um, And, um, you know, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of you you have to understand that, yes, it's complex. Maybe one rate would be um, more simple. The problem is that it's probably never going to happen in the United States because think about it, you know, when you have, let's say someone, a person, um, a sole breadwinner in the family of, I don't know, three children, um, and maybe, um, a relative that they support, they need more help from the government because otherwise those people become the government's, um, responsibility, I guess. Um, so the government knows that and it gives people an ability to, um, take care of the people that they need to take care of um, and by giving them some tax breaks. And like my troubles were never with federal. Like I never had any issues with the federal return. It's always the states that have some sort of weird issue. Like this year I had to estimate the amount of money that I earned in one state or another, which I thought was a pretty straightforward sort of situation. Like I have the lease that we signed here in Connecticut. So that's when we moved in and you just like take those number of days and there was like a calculator online that calculates like work days. It was all pretty simple, I thought. But I guess whatever taxes I paid in like out of my paycheck wasn't enough, which again didn't make any sense to me because Connecticut rates are lower than New York rates. So I thought that you know, great, I probably overpaid taxes. But that had not been the case, or I messed something up. And it, it was just like, the, the, the state's part was so was so dumb. And I'm sure a lot of people have the same issue, sort of moving and having to file two state returns. And why, why, why did I have to pay all that money? <laughs> It's like if someone explained it to me or if there was some sort of clear reasoning and I guess at work when I like do my deductions, I don't really understand how that worked either. I just like put that I was married one time and the system sort of figured it out. So the fault could have been with my employer. It could have been something else. I don't know. So the the, the whole thing is like so frustrating. And the only reason I just don't care other than you being incredibly frustrated is that it's only once a year. Like, I only spend one hour, I lose thousands of dollars, and then I'm just like, <laughs> let's forget about this until next year. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's my plan. That's pretty much how I feel about it. You know, it's, every tax season is, is tough. You have to, like, I have to, in the beginning, I'm, like, super slow, you know, working, doing the work and stuff. Um, and then, you know, then I pick up pace as, as I move forward. But I mean, I do some tax returns during the year, but not, not enough to like kind of be in it all the time. And I think that the more you grow, the more, um, as a business, for example, the more you grow and the more you kind of start delegating and hiring people, um, the more you kind of lose that uh, firsthand experience, I guess. And it's like, it takes, first of all, it takes longer. And second of all, it's just like, uh, much more, much harder, I guess, to get back into it. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's the one thing that I was grateful for, where I had basically all the information I needed. I didn't have to 
like if I was if I was the accountant and I was dealing with myself, I would have to ask for forms or hey, can you provide me this or I'm not sure about this like information or like can I see your lease again? Or when I was doing it myself, I had access to all the information and even if I wasn't confident that I was entering it correctly, I was confident that it was still like me and I wasn't concerned about like some sort of edge cases that the accountant would have encountered with like other clients and they would have had to verify that I also like did or didn't fall into some categories. So a lot of sections I just, you know, breezed through because it was just clearly not applicable. But yeah, I, I could see how if I took my like three forms and brought them to a person, it would have taken me longer than, I don't know, 40 minutes. And and then I would have had a bad feeling about the accountant. Because you know, what if I did everything right and they told me that I needed to pay thousands of dollars in taxes? And then I would have like left with like a bad sort of feeling about the accountant, just like shooting the messenger type. But with me, it's like I'm, I'm always assuming that I did it wrong and that I messed up something somewhere. And it's sort of on me. So I have this resentment towards taxes, but it's 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 more of a lack of understanding on my part. So I'm not mad at any, you know, person or any entity. It's just I wish this was better. But I will pay this money because I don't want any trouble. And it seems like if you overpay, it like it's probably gonna be fine. <laughs> like I don't So I don't, I don't So know. right now you're um you're kind of and it's there's nothing wrong with that. You're kind of looking at it as um um, typical person. And, and I notice, I've noticed that being the case more with younger generation, like millennials, you know, more than, than people who are a little older. Uh, and it will change, will ultimately change. Um, because as you kind of grow and, you know, become, I guess, more responsible, more, uh, smarter and so on and so forth. Um, it's ultimately will, it ultimately will change, but um, I noticed that there's a lot of DIY type approach approaches, I guess, to tax preparation. Um, problem is that I'm actually pretty sure that, I mean, we're not talking about you necessarily because you work for somebody else and you have a W2 and stuff like that. So that stuff I don't even do, um, anymore, but for people who have a, any sort of business or side gig or any sort of freelance or self-employment, no question, an accountant will squeeze more money out legally than you can on your own. And I guess that's the, that's where I can't really like sort of conceive of what's happening because like, I don't know what these deductions are. And a lot of people are very hesitant to pay money for accountants, which I, again, I don't understand, but there is a push in the industry to have everything be sort of do it yourself and open up the software to more people, which like on the one hand is nice, but on the other hand, I don't think people spend too much time thinking about like what the user experience is for the actual people, or maybe they have like certain people in mind when they design the software, but there's a lot of edge cases that are sort of just assumed would make it through okay. And I see that with any software. Like you you build, you know, a product with some user in mind. And 
there will be users that don't fit that criteria and they're the ones that will have a bad time. So yeah, I'm sure if I had just one W2 and I lived in one state and that's it, like, yeah, great. I'm their perfect case. You know, pay us whatever it costs to do a return. It takes you two seconds, you're done. But the second you start, like maybe we're trading Bitcoins, maybe we're, you know, moving. Like, sure, there are workflows in TurboTax or whatever other software people use, but I feel like very quickly you do need that expertise of someone that has just done many of these returns and feel confident that they're doing the right thing because they saw, like, good outcomes. Where I've never had a bad outcome other than having to pay thousands of dollars and, and uh, yeah, okay, you know, just pretend that money isn't real. <laughs> it's just, you know, cost of doing business and it hasn't stopped me from moving every year. So, so <laughs> maybe it should have, I mean, maybe and like I sort of factor it in as like a cost of moving. Like you have, you have the money you lose for like the new furniture that you're going to break or buy. You have the movers, you have the breaking lease cost, you have the new deposits. And then at the end of the year, you have this extra cost of tax annoyance. <laughs> which like, I'm just trying to like out earn my I don't want to say stupidity but <laughs> like I want to out earn this issue and you know thankfully this year I've successfully done it like I lost a couple thousand dollars and I don't feel like it was out of nowhere like I sort of was prepping for it so I had some like buffer <laughs> Of like, oh, I bet I'm going to mess something up. Or I bet I'm going to owe taxes. So that, that that had been what happened. And then with this last paycheck I got, I'm like back to the amount that I like to have in like reserve. So all in all, like I already ate this cost. I did it. I'm on the other side. And I'm going to be just as frustrated again next year, I guess. But I don't know. It, it, it feels very, very helpless for me. Well, listen, um, <laughs> you will grow up eventually. <laughs> you will become smarter and more prudent and more whatever. I mean, um, inevitably, you'll realize that, you know, when you have someone um, by your side to support you, like a good accountant, um, you don't even think about any of that. It's... It is a cost of moving, but honestly, um, it shouldn't affect anything. Meaning that typically what happens is when you, um, you know, move to, to another state, um, you owe to one state, but then you get back from the other state. States do give each, each other, like give its residents, I guess, uh, credit for taxes paid to another state. So um, technically, maybe it's going to be cost you a little, like, maybe a hundred dollars, maybe a couple of hundred dollars or whatever it is. But ultimately it's a zero kind of like a, a wash between the States. So it's just a pain in the ass to, to do it. But if you do it right, um, it's really a wash. And, um, you know, once, when you realize that it's, you know, it's not like we, we use professional software. We don't use TurboTax. I love how people like sometimes ask me, Oh, do you use TurboTax? I'm like, no, <laughs> And, uh, um, you know, with, we use professional software and a professional software, it's much easier for us to, to see the, to go to, to get to the bottom line, because we know what we're looking for. We're looking for one state crediting the other, 
But when you're doing it on your own, it's a little harder, even though, you know, Intuit and other companies make it sound like um, it's easy. Um, it's chances are that you will probably miss something and will cost yourself a couple hundred bucks. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about kind of getting what you pay for. If you don't pay anything for tax prep, you know, you maybe maybe lose some money on taxes, but that's about it. Right. And like I it's almost like the argument of like, oh, you shouldn't, I don't know, drink diet soda because it's bad for you. But then the same person is just like chugging beers or like whatever the equivalent, like, oh, you work at a like a kitchen and you breathe in the like the gas stove, which is like also supposedly bad for you. So I feel like it's one of those where like sure, like I could I could I could say that I probably lost some thousands of dollars over my life in overpaying taxes. But if I'm okay and I have enough and I'm not like struggling, I think the tax code sort of does compensate for that. People that are struggling, I think pay significantly less taxes than I do. So I don't know. It just seems like cost of doing business and I have like bigger things to worry about. And this extra couple thousand bucks, like, yeah, of course it'd be nice. Like, I'm not saying it's not like a shame. And I do feel bad that like, I probably, you know what? It's the uncertainty. If I knew for sure that I owed these taxes, I would feel nothing. I'd be like, yep, I owe taxes. I feel good. It's the uncertainty that I'm doing it wrong every single year in a new way. That's the frustrating part. Why, why is this happening? I feel like every single year I had like a different tax conundrum where at, at some point, and it wasn't very long in, it was like halfway through this session. I was like, the next time I click the submit button, that's it. If it says that I owe money, I'm just going to do it. And I come to that point fairly quickly because I have other things to do. So. <laughs> well, stop moving. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> All right. So um, as we wrap up um, here today, I wanted to actually throw a uh, curveball um, to our <laughs> for our audience, um, listeners, um, and um, ask for suggestions on the name change for this podcast. Uh, we're looking to, um, to to kind of change the name given, you know, um, where this podcast, podcast has gone over the year, over the course of the year. Um, and we're looking for suggestions. I'm going to put the email um, to send your suggestions in the show notes and we'll go from there. Yeah. If anyone has any suggestions, because I thought anything would work, would work, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. All right. I'll see you next time. Yep, see you.